thought that was, you know, when God leads someone. Jenny just came up to me this morning. He says, Sam, I need to share this. And I thought it just goes so well with what is happening today. And I know she was prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so, can we be on our feet? Close your eyes in prayer and just extend your arms. You want to receive from God this morning. Spirit of the living God, come and make your presence known. Reveal the glory of the Spirit of the living God, come and make your presence known, reveal the glory of the risen Lord. Let the weight of your glory Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom reign in us. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. We do not seek your hand. We only seek your face. We want to see you. We want to know you. We want to see you reveal your glory in this place. Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom reign in us. Let the weight of your glory let the weight of your glory fall. As we remain standing, if you have your Bible with you, if you take your Bibles, 
may, it may be an electronic version. It may not be a big one like I have. But if you, if you hold your Bible up, and I want you to say this after me. This is my Bible. I love my Bible. It is the word of God for my life. I am what the Bible says I am. I can do what the Bible says I can do. I have what the Bible says I have. As I hear and receive the word with joy today. I boldly declare. I obtain understanding. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus. That my mind will be renewed. And my life will be transformed. And I will never be the same again. Hallelujah. You may sit down. And if we turn to that Bible, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I will read verse 1 and 2. And really our emphasis is verse 2 this morning. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So today we are continuing, and really this is the last in our series of the Freedom Encounter series, and we are speaking on renewing our minds, renewing our minds. This is a huge topic, and Father, I ask for grace to be able to speak forth in these next few minutes. So we can see that Jesus has obtained freedom for us. This is all we've been hearing this morning. Jesus has obtained freedom for us. He has accomplished freedom for us. But the truth is that without renewing our minds, we cannot enjoy this freedom. And so, just like it will happen a lot when you go to the carry center, and as we've started today, I would like you to take this declaration with me. I reject every baggage. I am carrying that Christ has set me free from. Can we take that again? I reject every baggage. I am carrying that Christ has set me free from. Rather, I accept and receive all that is mine in Christ Jesus. So today, um, I have three aims, really. One, I want us to understand that actually renewing our minds is not an optional extra. It's an absolute necessity. 
Like I said, if we do not renew our minds, we cannot participate in all that Jesus has accomplished for us. Number two, to provide us with what, what is the key we need to continually renew our minds. The truth is that it's just one key. What key do we need to continually renew our minds? And then number three, how can we use this key strategically and effectively? To renew our minds. So what is the mind? And I'm not going to really spend time on this. But as we know man is a tripartite being. uh, As God is. So we are spirit. Soul and body. And really the soul is where the mind is. So you can use that interchangeably. So we we are mind. We are body. We are spirit. And the mind also has the will. The intellect and our emotion. So, when we come to Christ, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, therefore, if any man, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, the new has come. The old has gone. Everything has become new. See, Jesus, when we are saved, our spirit man is totally new. We become completely white. And in the presence of God, we are completely new. That is excellent news. That is wonderful news. That Christ redeems us and our spirit man is completely renewed. What happens though is that your thinking and your mind doesn't change instantaneously. Your mind doesn't change instantaneously. So we need to then bring to bear on the mind what our spirit has received. We need to use what our spirit man is to transform our mind so that we can really enjoy the benefit of the new life. So why do we need to and why do we have to renew our minds? Why do we need to? Why do we have to? See, the Bible says in Proverbs, and particularly if you use the King James 23, verse 17, as a man thinketh, so is he. You are are a fruit of what you think. And Jesus said in uh, Matthew 22, sorry, Matthew 12, if you read from verse 33 to 37, in there he says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is in us determines what we say. What we say becomes what we become. And so it is so important what happens to our mind. If we do not align our minds with what the Spirit is saying and what God says concerning us, there is no way we can live in the benefit of the new life in Christ Jesus. And so when we get saved, these faulty patterns of thinking of the world are still there. They haven't changed. So the lies and the half-truths that we have lived by are still there. You know, the, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. And those lies are still there. If we do not renew our minds, we will still hear them. They will still be ringing. They will still be coming. And sometimes those lies are so deep that they become strongholds. 
So some of them are really a simple thought pattern. Some of them are so deeply ingrained thought patterns. And this is part of why I thought this was so appropriate. You see, what our sister just shared here. There are sometimes things that have been said to us or have been done to us or some experiences that we have had that get a hold of us. And we become believers, they refuse to lose that hold. They just get a hold of us. So this is a deeply entrenched way of thinking and behaving based on something that happened in the past. I mean, I have seen people in hospital who are so scared of needles that practically, I remember this lady, that she even, we, we persuaded her everything. She got into the operating theater, she ran out. Scared of needles. We call it needle phobia. It was that serious. And she even went and tried to have some counseling, came back again. She ran out of theater. She couldn't get a needle in. And so we have some of these things. And sometimes it's just based on experience as a child in hospital. And that comes about. Sometimes it's based on what someone said or someone did. You know, someone abandoned you. Someone left you. You feel inadequate. It could be a spouse. It could be a parent. Something happened in the past and it got a grip on you. That's what the Bible calls stronghold. When you become a Christian, they don't just lie the way. You need to fight them off. Because in Christ, we have the freedom. You now have the authority that you can fight them off. Hallelujah to Jesus. So strongholds can be broken. And some of them are societal. You know, and one of them in our society here, if we don't know, is cynicism. You know, you are, you are told to take everything with a grain of salt. And on the surface, it's very good. But you see, cynicism can affect faith. Because you, 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 you are reducing your capacity to believe when you become too cynical. Everything you question and question and question and question. So they can be societal, they can be related to the family, about what happened in the family, you know, Somebody says, oh, my mom was always anxious. And mom passes the anxiety to the daughter or to the son. And I hear people say things like, I am a warrior. And these are believers declaring over themselves they are warriors. Not warriors in the sense of fighting, but that they worry. It should not be heard amongst us that I am a warrior. That is a thing of the old life. Do not be anxious about anything, the Bible says. But by prayer and petition, present your request to God. So the, the, the thing is, all these things, and they can be personal, they can be religious attitudes and patterns, all these things can create strongholds that came from our background. And when we come to Christ, we need to work them out by the word of God. And then, as that passage says, it says, do not be conformed. So, we, we must not be conformed, but we must be transformed. And the transformation happens by the renewing of our mind. Do be transformed by the renewing of the mind. 
be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And, and Lauren started sharing this last week uh, when she he shared. But you see, transformation used here is the word metamorphosis. And you see, when the, when the butterfly lays an egg, what is the aim of that egg? It is not to remain an egg. The egg is laid that it will become another butterfly. The destination of the egg is not to remain an egg. It is not to remain a caterpillar. It is not to remain a pupa. The destination of the egg is to become another butterfly. You see, the seed of the word of God in us is not for us to remain caterpillars or pupas. It's to become the images of Christ Jesus. And that cannot happen without us renewing our minds. So we have a destination. You see, growing old happens with time. But maturity happens with the word. So you can become a Christian and you can say, oh, I've been a Christian for 20 years. You've grown old as a Christian. But have you become mature as a Christian? Maturity is an active process of feeding on the word. You see, the caterpillar feeds on the word. The caterpillar eats voraciously. Eats and eats and eats and eats and eats. It's like it doesn't stop eating until the caterpillar is full. And then it goes into the pupa stage. And the way I want us to think about it today, about transformation, is that we need to feed on the word like that. But then when we go into the pupa stage, that is the time we are meditating on the word. We are regurgitating. The, what, what, like the Bible, that, that, the other word you can use for that is like chewing the curd. You know, when, when, when the goats and the cows, they sit there and they bring back the food and they are, they are chewing it. It's like, but they ate long time ago. See, when we read the word and when we memorize the word, See, because memorizing is so important for changing, for transformation. Sometimes you don't have your Bible with you, but the word you've memorized, you can use. Now, the other thing is that because the devil likes to misquote scripture. So if you have not memorized correctly, you know, for instance, God helps those who help themselves. How many of you know that statement is not in the Bible? But we say so much that the word believes that that statement is in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. It is not in the Bible. So when we memorize scripture correctly, then it helps us to make, did God really say? You know what God really said. So when transformation happens, when we get a grip of the word, meditate on it, chew on it, and then suddenly light comes. So really, what is the key? What is the key to transformation? And I will say light. I will say light. And I will say light. Can we say that together? Light. Light. You are all very quiet on me. Can we say that together? Light. 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 See, 
And light is based on the truth. The truth of the word of God. Light is based on the truth. The revelation of the power of Jesus. Jesus told the disciples in John 8, 31 and 32, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, as you can notice, I've memorized a lot of the scriptures. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, that it comes from the revelation of the word of God. And that knowledge is intimate knowledge. That knowledge is walking with Jesus. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I want to read a passage of someone who knew that truth and walked with God in that kind of manner. Stephen, if we read in Acts chapter 7, this passage has really touched my heart in, the, in this last year. Acts chapter 7, verse 55. And Stephen, this is Stephen, after he had given them all the story of Israel, when they, they caught him and they were going to stone him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. See, the revelation of the Spirit, by the Spirit he saw heaven open and he saw Jesus. By the revelation of the Spirit, we can see Jesus in this world. And whatever was happening around him became a non-issue. So when we know the key of the word, and this key applies in so many situations. So the, the, the word is so diverse. But you see, there are some key truths, and I don't even have time to start going through them now. But when we begin to apply this, what I call overriding truths, before we even go to the specific truth of what situation we may be facing. I am loved by God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. 1 John 3 verse 8. And that verse 1. And that is who we are, the Bible says. I am a new creation. The old has come. See, so whatever held you bondage before, when you get a grip of this verse and you start meditating on it, you know, if it was anger, anger you are in my past life, I am a new creation, you have no authority over me. If it is shame, shame that you are of the old life, this single verse can set you free from so much. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, verse 20. When you begin to, I, have been, I no longer live. So I am not living. Whatever was in my life before, I tell you, you have died. You have no power over me. Powerful scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. It says, but you have the mind of Christ. Wow. But I have the mind of Christ, so I can think the thoughts of Christ. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. There are so many. 
And we just begin to concentrate on this and think through and meditate on these scriptures. So I want to end in this way. That the Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart. For out of it are the wellsprings of life. Above all else, guard your heart. You see, guard your mind. Guard your mind. How do you guard something? And I have an analogy. I mean, if we think about this country, to guard something, first of all, there must be borders. If there are no borders, it is free entry for any person, for anyone at any time. So to guard something, you first have to create boundaries and you have to create borders. And we do all of that with the word of God. And then when you have created the boundaries and the borders, you set entry points. So you decide what you want to come in. You can check them out or allow them in where you want them to. And thinking about this in relationship to our thoughts. I remember the other time uh, they were talking about the Air Force scrambling a Russian jet at the border. You see, when you have taken charge of your thoughts, and this is what God, the Bible, is demanding of us. You are taking charge. You are building a fortress around. And you are wanting, you are saying, I will only let in what I want to let in. Like they say, the birds can fly over my head but they cannot make a nest. You see, the enemy can bring the thoughts, but I have to allow him to land them. The planes can fly, but it's only the control tower that I can allow them to land at the airport. I am not allowing you to land. So we can check out the thoughts from afar off. But you see, the devil is a rogue. So sometimes he tries to push his way in. And like I said, there are some of these things that have been in our lives before we came to Jesus. So it's almost like what happened to the children of Israel. If we read in, in Joshua, chapter 15 and chapter 17, where Joshua himself, he said, he took out the sons of Anak. They were giants. But then he says of the people of Judah in 17, in Joshua 17, it says that, but they didn't drive out the Jebusites because they were too strong for them. Don't let the enemy be too strong for you. Because the Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So we are going to take communion together. And we are going to remind ourselves that Jesus has accomplished this work for us. That what Jesus did, he says, do this in remembrance of me. We are going to celebrate this freedom, this work that Jesus accomplished for us. And when there are those resistant enemies, we still have the equipment to fight. You, we take those captive the Bible says, and we make them obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. So, I invite us 
please make time to go to the Charis Center. But also I invite us to a 40-day challenge. And 40 is not, a, it's not magic, but it's a number that the Bible uses. God does so many things. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. If we start counting, there are so many things that is special about 40 days. But what I want us to realize is that what it is that you want to get rid of in your life? What has been plaguing you? Is it fear? What spirit has been plaguing you? Find the scripture that says, you see, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. So you find the scripture that declares the truth, you renounce the lie, and do it every day for 40 days. And like I said, it's not a magic one. If you miss a day, don't let the devil accuse you and say, ah, you see, you failed. But I want us to know as we partake of this communion, Jesus has finished the work. And I believe that after the communion, there may be some people, I feel that we just go into some time to pray for one another. You may feel like you want to come to the front. Those of us at the front can pray with you. Or you may ask someone around you to pray with you. But I believe that there will be freedom and there will be deliverance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we thank Sam? Thank you, Sam, very much. So, Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.